Hello and welcome to Geek's Cant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening are uh, Dungeon Master to the Stars, Troy Sandlin. Howdy ho! And uh, uh, Dungeon Master to the Stones, the Dwarven DM John Christian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, uh, lo- Lolly ho? Lolly what? I see, I, I see what you're doing there. So, so yeah. Dungeon Master to the Stars, it should have been something like, Greetings, fair travelers. There you go. Yeah. And then, and then with Dungeon Master of the Stones, it should have been rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. right. Okay. So today we're going to cover some uh, crowd funders. We were going to do this on Sunday, and then John was gone and I was sick, so we have a a catch up episode for everybody. Uh, A couple of. Quick rapid fire mentions, and then we're on to the the project that we really want to yell at you about. And I, um, just, want, I just want it to be yeah. known that I would have just went ahead and done this on Sunday by myself, but they won't give me the keys to Twitch. No, so. no, oh, no, no, I won't. That's, no, 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 never. That's that's true. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to start with our rapid fires uh, today. Troy, you got the first one. Kick us off. I do. Uh, shot glass rounds. Number 12, the Goblin Jarl. I've talked about uh, shot glass rounds before. This is the, the 12th in the series. And it's just some really cool adventures done by the laid-back Dungeon Master out of Australia. Um, artwork's great. The content is is really good. Nice maps. Um, you know, i got new monsters, uh, magic items. You can use these as like... Uh, fillers or one shots if you wanted to or you can uh string them all together and have a cool little campaign this is uh the dungeon of doom haven uh storyline and uh so yeah got uh, doom haven is threatened the goblin clan feud uh they're vying for control of the valley uh can you stop the goblin jarl mm-hmm. or will the dun- or will dungeon doom haven be the end of you so yeah, I like this. Yeah, I like this I mean, a lot. It, 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 I think I've got several of these. I've missed a few. Um, eventually, I would probably, I would probably go back and snag them all. Um, I like his stuff. So, and you said these are PDF only. I believe right now they are PDF only. They look good. Yeah, yeah, I like them. Good. Really good. I've backed a couple of these. I think so. Cool. Yeah, for 115 bucks, you can get. Uh, it's the, it's the last call. You get 79 PDF one shots. So Holy you're basically moly. getting, yeah, almost. That's crazy. Almost the entire run or, or the entire run. Yeah. Yeah. 115 Australian bucks, which is 78 US dollars. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. That's shot glass round 12, the Goblin Jarl. Um, I'm going to talk to you about Planet Builder Zine and Planet Design Book. Uh, this is by our friend Marco Serrano, um, who did uh, Knights of Lazarus, which was a uh, mothership project. Um, this is a set of books that he pitches as pummeling writer's block with a sci-fi world-building notebook and a zine of random tables. Um exactly what he says it is it's two books and they have all sorts of uh ideas for crafting your own worlds and planets um in them and you can buy you know one copy of each you can buy multiple copies of each and they get cheaper as you go along 
Um, I think this is cool. I've backed uh, at the one of each tier, and I'm I I don't know if it's. I think I'm more intrigued by just the presentation and the feel of it than I am likely to make my own worlds because I don't typically do a lot of that um, in general. I like to grab stuff that other folks have made, but um, I don't know. There's something about the layout and presentation of this and Knights of Lazarus was so good that to me, this was just one that I had to pick up whether or not I feel like I'm going to actually use it as a world building work workbook or not. You know, looking at it, that's what that's what it makes me think of. It makes me think of you know a, a school workbook, and I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just a very, it's very simple. It's very clean. It, it, it is what it is, and it doesn't it doesn't uh, muddy the waters at all. It just has that really cool look. Like, yeah, I can sit here and fill this out. It's pretty cool. I like it. Cool. Yeah, that agreed. And like I said, Marco did amazing work on the last one and he's a Kansas native like me. So, um, I have to back. Well, two out of three, two out of three, uh, Troy, talk to us about your last rapid fire. Uh, this is kind of an easy one to talk about, uh, selling our socketed items. If you've played games like, uh, uh, Diablo where, you know, in the, in the later uh, versions of it, you find a, an item and you can find gemstones and you put the gemstones in the item and it makes it more powerful. And mm-hmm. if you like that concept, this is it. This is what you need. Uh, selling our socketed items. Um, I don't. I don't really know how I could explain it any more than that. It's. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it. To 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 talk about it more, I think it'd be it'd making it mess it up. But there's some map packs to it. Um, you get some books, and and you get to learn how to socket your items. So right on. Yeah, I mean. Sounds like a cool what's, little addition to your game. What's the cost on this one? It uh, looks to be about uh, for. Oh, that's the map pack. Digital edition is only nine bucks. Um, nine bucks. All it the, looks like all the books. Yeah, they're, all, they're all PDF. Yeah, PDF. If you want all of them, uh, it's sixty bucks. Um, and, but that's all previously previously released books uh, in the di- digital edition of the Selenar socketed item. Right on. Cool. That's a cool idea. I'll, I'm, I'm like surprised it. that it took this long to to find somebody that kind of snagged the it's not only uh they also i think they do it in world of warcraft too yeah it's like this is kind of a this is a going thing in order to enhance your your equipment is like socketing things with additional gemstones and items and whatnot yeah and it it is 5e and pathfinder compatible so sweet cool all right that is our rapid fires for this evening let's mosey right along put your money where our mouth is or something. Let's restart. John, Troy, and myself get an itch to do some writing every once in a while, and when that happens, we publish it through World of Game Design. Head on over to store.wogd.com to find books like Oceanic Depths, Scrap Rats, and Motherload that feature design by your delightful and charismatic hosts. Again, that's store.wogd.com. Uh, Troy, we're going to stick with you. Uh, you oh. got our first uh, uh, bigger project to talk about tonight. Yeah, yeah. Andrew Frinkle brings us Shadows over Karen Bray. Uh, mysterious Highlands setting, dark creatures preying on the common folk, uh, and rich landowners alike. Um, can you rise up to become the, the heroes that the town needs? 
it's kind of like uh, Sherlock Holmes meets Lovecraft meets Dickens hmm. is how they pitch it. And I'm like, that sounds pretty interesting. And the fact that it's uh, based in the Highlands, I, I dig that a lot. Um, it calls to e, me. Yeah, it, call, it calls to me. Uh, 5e, 10 missions. Uh, writ in, in the author, um, authors have worked on things like Lost Lorne. Which Zach mm-hmm. knows about. Uh, Songs of the Nehemet. Mm-hmm. Uh, other Kickstarters. Uh, okay. And yeah. So, uh, and the, the reason why I wanted to point this one out is because it's something that kind of speaks to m- me the way I think adventure should definitely be ran as a campaign. And that means the missions matter. As you do different things in different areas, your reputation carries over into the other towns and Mm -hmm. and settlements Mm. and i think that's something that uh, a lot of adventures uh published adventures really lack they they kind of forget Mm. that you know people talk and and information travels kind of a thing so Mm. i like the idea of it's a small town um there's feuds going on there's a history to the town that that does come into play so, you know, and then you got your, your, your normal original items, your spells, some abilities. Um, you can, you can either play your own characters if you want, or they have, I, I believe five pre-gens that are geared towards this, um, this setting. There is a sample mission that you can download, uh, the Blackbird Queen. Um, and I believe Zach's showing that right now. And I, I mean, just looking at it, I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And and they make good content. This is a lot of the people from the Lost Lore and stuff kind of doing some side projects, I think. And this one looks good. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm I like good. the I like the premise already. Um, I do. I'm, I'm a big like your your actions have weight beyond just what's going on directly in the yes. story. Like if you act like a horse's ass in one town, some another town should hear about it at some point, mm-hmm. And your reputation is going to start to precede you. Mm-hmm. So I like that, and then of course you get a good mix of. I like the Sherlock Holmes Lovecraft Dickens combo yeah. they've got going yeah. there too, and then where they placed it, obviously you know, like setting wise oh, is brilliant. Yeah. I love the painterly quality of the maps. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I, yeah. I really, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so shadows over Karen Bray. Awesome, right on. Okay, John, you've got the next one. I do. Zoria, Age of Shattering. It's a squad-based tactical RPG with fluid turn-based combat crafting and outpost management. So we're going to dip into the digital for a moment here. This is not actually a print or PDF product. This is a a video game. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, real-time strategy games like uh, XCOM. Uh, I've been playing uh, Solasta, Crown of the Magister, and a couple of other ones lately. We've played it with um, Baldur's Gate 3. One, two, all that good stuff. This is another entry into that that they're trying to get kickstarted. Uh, they're currently sitting at, I don't, it's going to be, this is an uphill fight, honestly. They're currently sitting at around 3,300 of 35,000 as their goal with 29 days to go. Just does it looks like it hasn't really picked up the steam they need, but um, this is one of those where I like the, if I'm going to do a really tactical, if I'm going to scratch the tactical itch, Typically, I'm going to do it in a video game. 
more than anywhere mm. else, right? So a lot of this uh, this game is not using five E or any the, any existing rule set. Um, it's a uh, it's built it's a built in engine, but a lot of the tactical parts of it are like flanking. If you're fighting from attacking from the side, if you're backstabbing, so where you're placed on the on the field and how you're striking your enemies, things like that, those all matter. I mean, it looks good. Um, yeah, I, maybe they're just having a hard time getting it, getting the word out there to, to folks. But um, essentially, uh, they merge the distinct at the aspects of like the classic RPGs with like a dynamic turn-based uh, combat approach with stuff mm. like this. So, uh, the world of Zoria is their their default setting. Uh, effectively, the two centuries of peace and prosperity after the conclusion of the Great Fiends War, the Kingdom of El- Elion finds itself again in chaos. So. The, cool. uh, this this age of upheaval. I mean, look again. Things look good, and it yeah. looks like uh, it's like D and D with, but the minis don't have bases on them, right? So it's kind of it's that, that kind of that uh, isometric mm-hmm. uh, rotating camera angle vibe. It looks good. So it's, it's one of those things where I'm kind of curious as to why they're, they're having such a hard time, uh, yeah, getting getting legs under this thing. I agree. I I mean, I don't know that much about video game funding on Kickstarter, but to me, this is one that I would have expected to yeah. pick up and run a little bit more than what it has. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to struggle, but maybe we'll keep an eye on it and maybe they'll do a relaunch and, and get their funding where they want it yeah. to be. So. Yep. That's it for cool. me. Awesome. One. All right, Troy, you got another one here. I do. Uh, Caliban's Blood Temple. And you know how I like my cheapies, right? Mm-hmm. Two- Two bucks. Two bucks for a Halloween themed one shot that's gonna drop, you know, as soon as the as soon as this thing is over, hmm. um, you're gonna get it. Um it's it's like I said, it's from characters levels one to five for D D. Uh it's a terrifying and grisly adventure with a dramatic ending for adults only. Ooh. They do not advise that you run this for children. So that has me kind of you know has piqued my interest. Um, they have included, they have included the warnings in the adventure anyway, even though they call it out in the mm-hmm. campaign here. So that way, you know, if, if, uh, if you enter this, you have no excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they've got the setup, an introduction, a uh, full color temple map, um, or a black and white one. If you, if you like the OSR feel, um, Room descriptions, immersion scrolls for each room. Not really sure what an immersion scroll is, but for two bucks, I'm willing to find out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah. Um, it's one of those, uh, the premise is kind of weird. Uh, every year, uh, Caliban's Blood Temple appears on All Hallows' Eve in the swamp, and it kind of somehow mucks with reality a little bit mm. so even though you're not walking towards it you end up walking toward it mm. if you're if you're uh you know if you're not lucky or if you are lucky i don't know which one how you want to look <laughs> at it but uh yeah you get sucked into this thing and uh try to survive and yeah calibane's blood temple awesome awesome very good okay uh i'm gonna give a weird one here this is this is for jeff um, and for me, um, but I'm going to talk to you about uh, the bookmark character sheet, um, which is an OSE product, and this is right up my alley. Um, 
where I talk about the sm as small as I can get for convention play. Um, okay. This is a whole OSE character sheet on a bookmark. Um, simple as that. And um, I don't know that I really need to say more. It's a buck <laughs> to get like the, the PDF. Um, just because I have a hard time remembering PDFs that I back, I went ahead and backed this at the $5 level, which gets you a basically five of these, um, uh, uh, these, these bookmarks, but I could see me printing out a bunch of these, uh, for if, and when I run OSE at conventions or in person, just, you know, throw these in the bag and you have some nice compact sheets. I like the fact that they are presented as bookmarks. I think that's nice. So mm -hmm. there end is up having a pencil box that you bring with you to right. uh, to right. to to conventions at some point or another. At most, yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got uh, you got people like Andrew who's carrying around uh, a legit you know workshop worth of toolboxes. Mm -hmm. I've seen a, that at Home Depot. Yeah, and, uh, it's it's legit. It is legit. <laughs> it, if 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 he, I think if you're going to do something like that, you need to put a motor on that sucker mm. and just mm. ride it through the convention. Right. And then you got Zach walking with him with his little little zipper pencil, pencil fanny, case pack. Fanny, fanny pack, pa fanny pack, pack of, of adventure, of yeah. adventure, oh packed full of adventure. That's right. <laughs> There's a yeah, starter right there. And Jeff saying, I love that as a follow up, or or maybe Jeff should do it, or or we should do it, but um uh the same concept, but with GM cheats, like a bookmark full of GM cheats would actually mm. be really useful. Imagine a 5e, like as an example, imagine a 5e bookmark that had only the conditions on it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that would be nice. I would, I would probably utilize that. Um, it'd be handy. Um, I, I will say one little quick note uh, about this is that their pledge tiers are a little bit confusing. Um, but cause they offer, they say they offer like different sets. So there's like a classic set, there's a hunter set, um, uh, called a hunter's pack and there's a Delver's pack. And then there's a collection. There's no difference between these, except that, um, the hunter's kit and the Delver's kit have like a watermark in the background with different items tied to different classes. Um, so, you know, like with the Delver's you have the bookmarks are watermarked with the reader, the spears, the thief, the warrior, and the traveler. I shouldn't say classes. I think it's more of just like, yeah. Anyhow. Um, that's a little bit confusing to me because I didn't want to like, I was like, well, if there's a, if there's a text difference, I want to have the one, I want to have the collection. Um, and uh, it, it doesn't seem to be that way. Um, and then Jeff saying, yeah, random encounters would be a great bookmark. Um, yeah, man, great, great it. ideas, Jeff. This is, ah, this is really coming together on the this show. Is really right coming now. together. Right, yeah. Right, right now. <laughs> until somebody, until somebody steals it and beat you to it. That's right. No, no one will no one, keep going. No uh, so yeah, that's it. Bookmark character sheet. I'm a backer. Right on. That's awesome. That's cool. All right. So for me, the next one I've got is Laura of Athera. Dark Symmetry. It's a 5e sci-fi campaign setting and adventure saga from the folks at Alchemy RPG. So uh, Troy and I, I think, Zach, you got a chance to take a look at it at Gen Con yep. too, right? Uh, actually, we saw it at Origins first. And then we went by and we uh, we 
touch base with them again. So the, the folks over at Alchemy RPG are they've got their own competing virtual tabletop and it is slick. It's beautiful. If you haven't seen it yet, at least go and take a take a gander. Uh, it from an aesthetic perspective, it's the one to beat. It just looks so good. And it's mm-hmm. more narrative driven and more as opposed to like a super tactical uh, roll 20 kind of a vibe with it. But uh, Athera, the lore of Athera is uh, their, the campaign setting that they, they come up with, came up with on their own. And there was a Kickstarter that they came out with prior to this mm-hmm. uh, that was the lost Druid. Mm-hmm. And this is the follow up to it. Uh, this one includes the, uh, the uncovering the mysteries of Chrysalia, which is like a uh, underground uh, city slash environment beneath a lake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a three hundred page, three hundred plus page campaign setting and adventure. A hundred pages of setting, two hundred pages of adventure, thirteen animated scenes that come along with it. So when you purchase this, you you get the Alchemy RPG. Uh, plug for this too, right? So, like with roll, if you uh, think of roll twenty or your virtual tabletops, this book comes along with it for that virtual tabletop in uh, Alchemy RPG, and with it, you've got animated scenes to kind of immerse yourselves further in the adventure. A two-hour original soundtrack, all new subclasses, five pre-made characters, fifty plus new <laughs> magical items. Uh, Griffin Saddlebag did the the artwork for those. Griffin Saddlebag is. The bomb. I've got volumes yeah. one yep. and two is on the way for Griffin's t- uh, saddlebag, and then forty new NPCs and monsters. This thing is packed. I've already taken a look uh, just for myself. I've got a copy of Lost Druid physical copy, and I've got the Alchemy RPG copy of it, and it is great. So between the two, you're looking at six hundred pages of content. If you want to go back and uh, snag the uh, the Lost Druid copy, you can do so. Also, they've mm. got vinyl. For their soundtrack, yeah. by the way, folks, which is pretty, yeah, pretty baller, pretty cool, pretty cool. Listen, uh, we got cassettes for ours, John, so don't, don't even. Oh, look, look. <laughs> well, then Gabriel's going to be super happy because that is all he has in his car is a cassette. Oh player. yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. I, I think we should do one, and you know, really, really do it up, do eight tracks. Ooh, Ooh. right. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Or it'll yeah. just be on like a. If we can just buy like. A, like a, a pack of old what are the uh the the uh, microsoft competing mp3 players they had like the zeo or xenon oh, or zoom. something like that the zoom, zoom yeah. there you go zoom, you get them, just you like go. get those they're like 50 cents a piece and just put yeah. the soundtracks on that i think that'd be great yeah real to reels i gotta say real to real yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome great. yeah but like Look, I mean, this thing. I, I I can only tell you from my own personal experience reading through some of the Lost Druid. It's really it's good. It's really good. It's really well put together, um, and it is you know it's a little bit gloomier fantasy setting than than what you may be used to when it comes to D anD D. D these days seems to be all pastel colors kind of things. So if you're looking mm-hmm. for a little bit something a little bit darker. And on the uh, the the grimmer side, without being too grim, this might uh, this might hit the hit the spot. Awesome, awesome! I like this. I, I these guys make cool stuff, and I like they the alchemy people a lot. All right, uh, Troy, you've got our next one. Yes, the Apocalypse Keys from Evil Hat Games. The Doomsday Clock is ticking down. And emotions run high as you and your team of division agents struggle to find the keys before the villainous harbingers unlock the doors of power and bring about the apocalypse. 
basically what you are are you're you're monsters. This is Hellboy, the BPRD, the Men in Black, Penny Dreadful, and Doom Patrol all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. And you are and you are out there, you know, kicking down doors, trying to save the world from from this apocalypse, while also navigating as a superhuman monster person. Mm. So you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where you gotta you gotta be a little bit careful. Um, this is uh, yes, yeah, PBTA, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got your, you got your playbooks. Because you can be the last. The shade, the summoned, the found, yeah. the fallen, the hungry, and the mm-hmm. surge. And if you if you look through this and you see the different uh, images that they use for those uh, playbooks, you can you can see what they're talking about, what what those creatures relate to as far as like Doom Patrol would be. Um, you know the, the 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 fire person or uh, the robot man, you know, things like that. Mm, so mm-hmm. you've got those different, uh, those different, um, aspects to this. So if you're a fan of that kind of thing. Yeah. Really, and it's really good for you. So Jeff's asking, has evil hat, I was going to say this evil hat productions is who does fate. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. has, has evil hat given up on fate? Is that why they moved to powered by the apocalypse for this one? Or, what do we think the deal is there? Uh, fate is not set. <laughs> I'd be surprised if they gave up on fate. Yeah. Fate's a pretty widely utilized system. This may be just a, a dipping their toe into the, into the power by the apocalypse waters. There may be, end yeah. up being a, a fate uh, core version of this at, at some point in the near future. I'm not really sure. It's a good question though. It is a good question. Um, I haven't seen any notes on that, but maybe one of us should plug uh, a question into their comment section and see what uh, what they might say as an answer. Because I'd be curious. I mean, it's possible. Like people people get a bug to write in a certain system, and Powered by the Apocalypse definitely has a lot of fans. So I could see people just saying, "Oh no, we just want to do it." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but also, it'd be interesting. Also, when you've got a thing called Apocalypse Keys. You kind of want to, you know, powered by the apocalypse would probably be the the proper uh, game engine for it. Hmm. It's got to well, go with know, synergistic kind of, branding, kind of a yeah, exactly. You want to hmm. you know, keep. I mean, they're still selling it. You go out to the Evil Hat website; they've still got Fate Core books, PDF downloads, physical copies, dice, and all that good stuff that they're still out there selling. I haven't seen anything to the contrary at this point. Yeah, I. <sighs> hmm. Hmm. It's a little bit odd for me too because if you look at Powered by the Apocalypse, it's like, hey, our inspirations are Hellboy, Petty Dreadful, <laughs> Men in Black, <laughs> like a lot of the same thing. So, I, I mean, that's not to say anything. This is feels very different, at least in presentation. But I'm I'm curious as to why. So. Jeff, mm-hmm. are you challenging us on on our own show? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Name the last yeah, the last Kickstarter. I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, he's right. Well, so they did. Um, so let's let's walk this back up uh, uh, a couple. So they've done a ton of faked s- stuff, and uh, they did fate. Then they did fate dice. Then they did fate more. And then they did um, 
Fate Dice and Fate Points, and then they did Uprising, and they did uh, Tachyon Squadron, um, and there's probably a couple other things that I'm not thinking of right out the gate. Um, but then they did that Thirsty Sword Lesbians, which won a bunch mm-hmm. of awards, mm-hmm. which I want to say is maybe also a uh, power, Powered by the Apocalypse game. So maybe they just hit gold with that one, and they decided to run with this one too. Okay. So, weird. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to move us along to Vault 5e Uncharted Journeys. Um, this is a weird one, and I really just want to talk about the weirdness of it, less of the project itself. Um, this is this is a Cubicle 7, the first their first foray into um, uh, Kickstarter. But this is certainly not their first foray into RPGs. They have the Warhammer roleplay license. So they do Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, Warhammer Soulbound, Warhammer uh, 40k Wrath and Glory. They also do the Doctor Who. Um, And they've announced several other things, I believe. So uh, this is a company um, that has a lot under their belt already. And are just slipping in uh, for the first time into... Kickstarter. That said, uh, I would I would note that I, based on the comment section, based on the lack of updates, based on their stretch goals, I don't think that this Kickstarter is doing what they wanted it to do. Um, in fact, I'm certain it's not um, by a by a significant margin. Um, and you know, we've talked about it a little bit. <clears throat> I think that the Kickstarter is nice and clean. Um, I think that it presents, you know, it's got some good graphics, some good art there, but all in all, I don't think that this Kickstarter wows. Um, Mm -hmm. And um, even still, $18,000 is not a lot of money um, for even one that doesn't wow for a 5e, for a 5e space. Um, And the shipping isn't atrocious either. Like they're talking nine nine euros pretty much across the board for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places. Um, Jeff's asking what types of projects work well for, for five E Kickstarters. It's a variety, but it's, it's, it's a variety. I, I have some, I have some thoughts on this. Yeah. They're all over the place. <clears throat> Sometimes um, it, it's, it's surprising to see which ones are, will take off and just go off like a rocket. And some will, will sit and flounder. Well, I think I think for me, I mean, because I like the idea behind Uncharted Journeys. I think it's a really cool concept. Yeah. The problem for me is, you know, they're basically they're 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 kind of pitching it as a as a big hardback book for one rule or for one game mechanic, mm. and that's this journey system. How are you going to give me a, an entire book just for this? There's there's no real player options other than, you know, uh, you're the leader of the group. You're the, the quartermaster of the group, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, and the rest of it is just how journeys work in different settings. So yeah, they, why they, do I need this huge book? My gut tells me that that last bullet point that says over a thousand journey encounters across ten different regions, including huge cities, blah 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 blah, blah 
that's the bulk of the book if I had to guess. Okay, and then um, right there is the problem because that is that to me says that this whole book is game master centered. We yeah, all I think know, so. we all know that game masters are you know there is not as many game masters as there are players. So if you're not speaking to players for things you know other than you know oh this kind of neat to see how travel can work, no player, no strict player is going to buy that. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing drawing them in. There's there's no That's... subclasses. There's no lists of items or new spells or mm-hmm. or anything like that. So you, you have already alienated over half of your target audience. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, and honestly, a lot of people complain about the journey in the first place. Do they really want to delve into the nuances well, and the... the I love this idea. Travel? I really... Yeah. Like, to me, this is... This is cool. Like I, I, uh, Jeff's bringing to mind uh, Lord of the Rings type stories, and I definitely feel like this is a vibe that One Ring puts out for its journeys. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's the highlight of that system is the the journey mechanic that it introduces yep. because it 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 has a purpose. It does the purpose. It moves on. But I think Troy, that you're right. That the the problem is that in the One Ring, they communicate a journey system that feels very similar to this in like four pages. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Why? And, you know, why do I need to do this? Why do I need to buy this book? And I, I guess, like to me, like I I think, oh man, they've got like a whole book of this. That's very interesting, but the fact that we don't have, as far as I can tell, um, we don't have any sort of a, a preview, we don't have any sort of a, a scope on what's in the book, leads me to believe that we're going to ha- get about 30 pages of mechanics kind of fluffed up, and then another 120 pages of, um, here's right. a whole bunch of tables, which I like, Yeah, but... but, but if you if if the almost all the book is going to be that, then give us the mechanics in a way that we can peruse and see if we like those. And if mm-hmm. I like those, I will almost certainly buy a whole book full of you know encounters tied to those mechanics. But here, like <clears throat> it all hinges. The whole value of that book hinges on a, a small part of the campaign dollars. Um, and I also just don't think this is communicated super like it's communicated fine but it doesn't feel exciting to me. Right. I almost feel like it's communicated a little too well because really all you need is this Kickstarter page and you have what you need. It tells you about setting the route, being, you know, getting prepared, making the journey. It tells you what the, the key roles of the group outrider quartermaster century and leader do and what they're for. Um, you could pretty much guess just by those roles what classes are best suited for which roles. You don't need that. You, you don't, don't need, need that a as lot. A bullet yeah, point. yeah. You, you don't know? need. I think you're right. I think. Well, I think it it shows almost everything, and that's probably the worst of all worlds, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't see the mechanics if they have something like really clever. We don't see that. What we see is the the idea, the concept, and we're like, oh, I like that concept. I don't yep. see the cleverness behind it other than i'm glad that somebody is addressing you know exploration as a pillar in 5e um but i i feel for him because i think that this is probably actually if you pick this book up i think it's probably actually a quality book just 
underserved by the Kickstarter and underserved by the presentation in general. Um, I I could see myself picking this up at a, at a convention once I've had an opportunity to look through it and I kind of get a sense for it and be very, being very happy with my purchase. That's, that's how Um, I feel about it. That's exactly how I, and then, you know, according to the stretch goals, the only encounters that you've got in the book are normal encounters. Like what you normally would expect that either you as a game master or countless other people have written into adventures already. You have to hit, you know, a bunch all of these have already goals. been written. I, in my opinion, all yeah, of these they, have already been written. They just, that's, that's part of the reason that I think that this isn't doing very well for them is because there is zero reason why you would show stretch goals up to 40,000 euros mm-hmm. on the first day, unless you expected to hit almost all of those in the first couple of days. Mm-hmm. And, and you the hit fact one. That, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that the custom party sheet is at 40,000, it's like, shouldn't that be in the book? Shouldn't yeah, that just be yeah. given? That's why I'm saying all of these are already made. All yeah. of these are already made. And now they're sitting there saying, well, we thought that this would be a $100,000 Kickstarter, and it's a $25,000 Kickstarter, a $30,000 Kickstarter. How are we going to, like, what are we going to do here? And honestly, my guess is that they cut the book down. They give you the custom party sheet and a couple other sheets like that, but they cut out a bunch of these encounters just to get the page count down, and then they do a supplement, which is fine, but you could have, like, give us something to look at. Give us the mm-hmm. vision in a way that we can actually chew on. Shoot, give us the rules and a sample of the encounters, and then yell. And and Jeff, you're, you're exactly right. I think $30 for a PDF is also very steep for this sort mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah, and that, well, that they don't was even the get, they don't even tell you how much the the page count is in this. Yeah, I searched all over trying to figure out how much the page count was. There's no way that book is as thick as that what they're presenting there. They're presenting exactly. a book there that's 350 pages, and I I would be shocked if this book hits 200. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. And exactly. I'm not mad about that, right? Like you didn't tell me that it has 350 pages, and I know mock-ups are mock-ups, but you're showing me this beefy book, but not showing me what that, what content is filling out that beefy book. And that's where we're running into a hard sell. And if that book is only 120 pages, if it's a tiny hardcover, it's not worth 50 bucks. I think you kind of, I think you hit it the nail on the head, Troy. This is a niche audience that this is really trying to service me as a player. I love this kind of thing as a DM. I love this kind of thing, but I don't know how many of my players are really going to be into that. I know that I realize that I may be an exception to the rule. I like I travel. I like the you know breaking camp or random encounters that happen along the way and things like that. They're talking I mean, about ruins, which I think are awesome, yeah. right? Like, I don't even think this is a niche book. I think that this could arguably, if it's presented right, this is a book that we should have had as a core book ten years ago. If 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 and if if exploration and travel and journeys are actually a pillar of D&D play. This, this is this is what we needed 10 years ago, but it doesn't feel this feels like it's an addendum in the Dungeon Master's guide that's, you know, 3 pages yeah. long and you're trying to get 50 bucks out of it. What I want is for you to show us a whole book of it and I'm sold, right? Like yep. I want that. I think you're right, John. I think I think I think maybe though, John, you you might be, there may be more people like you than you would expect. 
I, I hope so. But I never can really tell, you know, like for me, I, I tend to park on things like this as a DM and as a player. I want I want those experiences because they they add a level of verisimilitude yeah. and like those quiet moments in between adventures that I think that are really important to pacing. And yeah. so, like, I think that th- for me, I, I'd, I'd love for it to be successful, but I think you're right. I think the, the presentation, there's nothing that's really, that, that pops about it. And I, like, these days, I don't know how you can get away with, for for the scale that they're trying to go at with this, how you get away with not having samples yep. of things. I'm like, I don't need you to give me the entire mechanic. Just tell me what the quartermaster does. Really? Like, well, how does that, how does that really, really, what does it do? Yeah, exactly. Like, really, really, what does it do? Yeah. I know the quartermaster is responsible for taking care of all of the gear, the gear, but like, what does that really mean yeah. to 5e? You know, like exactly. what, what does that mechanic look like? How does that work? Cause I mean, if, if you're not telling me there's a benefit for adding this into my campaign, then I'm not going to bother with it. And I mean, I, and some of this stuff too, like they, like easy to understand rules for journeys and exploration. So set the route to your destination. Okie dokie. Prepare by gathering supplies, securing mounts and stuff like that. You're going to do that every single time. Now, that's one of those things where. That's fine. Right. Like I want. Yeah, go. Sorry, John. I've, I've interrupted. No, no it's you. okay. So like I, I get that though. Right. Like, but I, it, I feel like sometimes whenever I do that at the beginning of a campaign or like before they set out on their adventure. All right. Is there anything that you guys want to pick up from the shop before you, yeah. before you head out? Like that's that's something that we already do, is what I'm getting at. It's yeah. more like it's like what it what rule and I don't know what that looks like. It's so nebulous with the way that they're trying to with the way that they're presenting. They're not they're not presenting it, you know. And here's the thing: mm-hmm. there are a lot of Kickstarters, five E Kickstarters that are nebulous in their presentation, and that still are very successful. Sure. But if you're going to be nebulous, you got to bring the party to Kickstarter, mm-hmm. right? You got to have an audience, and you got to bring it up bring it over here right that's if you're a youtube or a twitch streamer or you're uh you're an author somewhere else or you're a celebrity player or whatever it is right like you got to bring the audience to here if you're going to be nebulous and mm-hmm. cubicle seven should have been able to bring an audience over here yes. and they didn't that's the thing that's the most weird to me the most disappointing to me is that like this it shouldn't matter that we're over here saying well we don't understand they should be they should be six figures in my opinion, but see, I don't agree. I don't agree because all that, all, all that you're saying is just because they're cubicle seven means that people should have came over here and backed it. The fact that it's so nebulous and this, as a, as an AD and D player, I had the, the, uh, the, uh, the wilderness adventures guide. And -hmm. that's what I think this is trying to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's a very pale, imitation of that i think what well i mean i think what Zach's trying to get across though is that there's a brand that goes there, along with this but just because there's, there's a brand they came to this they came to this page and looked at it and went i don't yeah but but as an example like uh we, there's one there's a there's a there's a couple companies that i could name but there's there's several people that if you have a brand that people like and trust even if they don't under, quite understand it not everybody, because uh, I can name a couple examples, and Troy's going to be like, "I don't, I don't trust those people for that." I don't trust them. Um, but, uh, but there's definitely a group like, like as an example, Free League, right? Like, I don't care what it is, I'm going to back it, right? Amen. Like, I'm fair. It doesn't matter if I'm confused or not. And we've talked about how we're not sure how Blade Runner is going to work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I backed it because I trust mm-hmm. the brand, right? I think that there are people that trust the Cubicle 7 brand to say, like, you got a book, it's 5e, I play 5e every once in a while, here, let me throw money. And we know more than enough people that if it has Dungeons & Dragons 
slapped on the front, people are going to buy it. They're not yes. even going to look at it. They don't even know what it's about. They're not even going to look at the back. There's like, this is the next D&D book. Mm. We're picking that up. Yeah, if it's D&D. This isn't D&D. This is 5th I'm not saying, well, yeah, I'm not saying it different. is, but I'm saying yeah. it's, it's about brand recognition. Right, but I mean, see, like, like what you said, people know Cubicle 7. Yes, they do. People don't know Cubicle 7 Kickstarters. That's true. That's true. And maybe they and, don't have like a way of yanking them over. Right. Right. I, I wish, I wish there was a way that on, on, you know, you, you see how many backers there are. I wish there was a counter that showed how many unique views this page had. Cause I bet you would see a crap ton of views on this page and people just bounced off of it because of the way it's presented. That's, there's, that might be there's, true. There's no real character options, like I said. There's there's just nothing to grab you. This is all DM material. And I'm mad about it because I think it's a cool idea. I just think it's too expensive. <laughs> and you're you're stretching out those stretch goals way too far, obviously. Well, yeah. They probably uh, have stretch goals to 150,000 that right. they had mapped out. They thought they were going to hit 75 yeah. first day or something right. like that more than likely. Yeah. And, and like to Jeff's point, he says, you know, if you want to talk about generating ruins, you've got 2D20 Conan, Kevin Crawford's World Without Number, and they do it really great. How how do we know that this system does it any better? Right. That's exactly right. That's why I'm mad because here is a 5E-centered product that does those that, that's saying it does those things. But for 5e, I don't have to go out and retool anything. I don't have to steal anything from any other system. You're giving me the a 5e version of it. But I feel like I feel like it was people sitting around a table going, "Oh, this is just going to be brilliant." We <laughs> all of our other stuff does really well anyway, so this is a no-brainer. People are going to back it, like kind of like what Zach and, and John both you said. Mm-hmm. It, people know the name Cubicle Seven. It should be more. You're right. People know the game or the name Cubicle Seven, and this product should be more. Not, yeah. and that, and that's what their downfall is. They did not deliver yeah. on their name. Well, let's 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 uh, let's let's move on because I feel like we I, I'm in agreement with ninety ninety nine percent of what you just said there, and we can beat it down. But really, I hope that they're successful, or I hope that they cancel yeah. and relaunch with with a better presentation. Whatever works for them to 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 get the money the funding that they need i think they probably have a good book they just need to figure out how to better present it i guess um and i want to buy it it too um i probably will end up buying it i just i'm not going to buy it based off this kickstarter right right um okay we've got three projects left and i promise none of them are going to take us as long as this last one um (laughs) (laughs) john you got a cobalt press one for us to rattle through here I do. So, Wastes of Chaos, Enter the 5e Borderlands. This is, I feel like it's it's Cobalt Press's attempt at a Dark Sun Ooh. analog. Yep. Right? Wield, wield Chaos Magic, Battle the Black Goat Cult. I love that already. And Seize Ancient Treasure, New spe- Spells, Races, blah, 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 blah. The whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. The things that, all the things that Troy complain about not having in the last one is that are the things you're getting in this one yes. and <gasps> gasp a page count 129 pages of the hardcover uh and it'll create the will also the fund the creation of 128 page tales of the wastes hardcover that'll have a standalone adventure for levels one to 20 
all the VTTs are going to get take, taken care of. And there's there are sample pages that come with this uh, and a waste preview that you can kind of mm. dig through. I mean, really, there's not a whole lot more to talk about other than that. This is this is effectively, like I said, it's Cobalt Press mm-hmm. trying to, to trying trying to create a five E analog to something that I don't think we're going to see anytime soon out of Wizards of the Coast. We're not. I don't. There's. I don't see any any reality close to our own where yeah. we see a, a dark sun entering into the foray in the next five years. Honestly, unfortunately, yeah. if, if at all. no. Unfortunately, yeah. no, because it could be. It can be done so well. It can and can actually do so much. Yeah, but yeah. they're 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 too scared. Yeah, well, well, and obviously for good reason. I mean, there's there's more than enough uh, friction out there that's preventing well, them from trying to tip their toes in that water. If if done right, it could it could do a lot of good in a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. And but they don't see it. They 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 do not see. Yeah how how to spin it so that it actually does something that yeah. it really should be doing. I mean it it does do it. It's just you know. But I back this. I already back this. I back this before you put it on the on the sheet. So, let me give a <laughs> let me give a quick disclaimer here. I I adore this project. I want to own it. I'm I have made it a principle and I've stuck to it. Mm-hmm. I do not back Cobalt Press Kickstarters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and so Oh, I hate to say that because I love their stuff, but when you when you guaranteed are going to cost more to buy it on the Kickstarter than to go to the retail store, I'm out. That's fair. And that's what it is because you're going to pay, you know, we can we can scroll down here to the bottom, but if we talk about shipping, you know, um um you're paying $49 for the book, which silly but whatever they <laughs> want um but um you're you're paying 49 dollars for the book you're probably going to pay 12 dollars in shipping so i'm going to pay 63 dollars or six whatever that is 61 dollars for a book that is going to be available at every single convention for 50 bucks mm-hmm. and it's not worth it to me it's probably it's worth it to some people and i don't begrudge them that um I feel I, I support you backing them here. I like I like RPG Kickstarters doing really well. So don't take this as me telling you not to do it. I'm just saying money is a thing for you where you want to be. You want every dollar to go as far as it can. Cobalt Press is not good about supporting the risk that is inherent in Kickstarter backing mm-hmm. with benefits. Um, it's a pre-order platform for them, and I, I don't like that. So... Um, Good for them. Super excited about the product. We'll be buying, just not on Kickstarter. <laughs> yep. Uh, I mean, I, I agree. Well, that's uh, I, I. One of the, the one thing, the, the one of the things I wanted to, I'm poking at at least is that you know they. The, I'm not a really a big fan of the stretch goals that they ended up going with. It just mm. these are these are things that are already kind of pre built in, and I'm not really seeing a value add in getting it in a on a Kickstarter versus picking it up in the store. So. Uh-huh. This is not one of those that you'd be you, that you would miss if it didn't if it didn't fund or if it didn't fund as well as they wanted it to. You're still going to end up seeing it on the on the shelf somewhere to pick yep. up. Yep, so you're not really missing much. Not missing much, but you are missing something if you don't buy this book. I think eventually. Just mm-hmm. yes, agreed. Think- yeah. This okay. You, like I said, if you want Dark Sun, this is all you're going to get, or the yep. closest thing to it at yep. least from from yep. Cobalt Press. I think so. 
All right, Troy, your last one here. All right. I have been watching this for a while. Uh, I am a fan and a backer for Black Magic Craft, the YouTube channel for terrain building. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, my boy Jeremy. Um, mm-hmm. He has been working on these on rules for a miniature skirmish game for quite some time. The game was inspired by his crafting. And this Mm. is idols of torment, a dark skirmish game. And I mean, just knowing and seeing how he creates stuff, creates the terrain, um, his different crafts that he's done, the, the, what he's into his his music background i mean i'm i'm going to be honest i am a horrible minis game player mm. it doesn't matter what system it is i suck <laughs> um but i i followed jeremy for uh, several years now uh he's he's a stand up dude um out of canada um, he's one of the he's one of the influences that are on me for crafting. Um, mm-hmm. He's the reason why I got a Proxon hot wire table. Um, but I mean, the stuff is it's just like this weird amalgamation of heaven and hell, and and these echoes that are trapped in this realm, fighting for idols and and trying to. I mean, it just it's. The aesthetic of it is that creepy, cool, twisted, dark mm. metal kind of feeling. And yeah, I can imagine that his his rule sets are real easy to, to get into. Um, mm-hmm. The soundtrack is probably pretty killer, too, that he's got, which is also on 12-inch vinyl. It's a Kickstarter exclusive. Um mm. And yeah, his uh, the minis are sick and twisted. I can I can imagine just getting these minis and printing them and using them in D anD D or whatever. Um, it's just it's just pretty cool. Yeah, I, he's got I a how to play video already up, so he's you can, already got you can go to watch it. Yeah. yeah, if you go on his YouTube channel, I mean, you can see all him build a lot of the stuff that you see in these pictures, mm. and and, and kind of get behind what the idea is. And I think if yeah. I remember correctly. The, the banner video, it, the way it starts off is pretty cool, if I remember mm. correctly. If this if this is the right one. Um, I love it. But yeah, Idols of Torment. Um, give, give my buddy Jeremy from Black Magic Crafts, uh, show him some support, and check right out Idol, Idols of Torment. Heck yes. That's a great one to bring to the table. All right, John, you got the last one for us. Uh, what do you got? If, you're, if you need more table accessories then uh <laughs> let me let me help you so i backed uh le- the level up uh yep. Yep. like late in the pandemic so i think mm-hmm. late 2000 early 2001 and it is a this is essentially another foray into that um enhanced table space experience right so it is this is a adapt tabletop led a modular tabletop for board game and rpgs this is effectively a souped up version of the level up so if you've got some extra coin that you're willing to drop and you want all the little bells and whistles and cup holders and dice trays and 
all that good stuff, then this is this is probably going to take care of you. The thing I think that I really liked, I just it's pretty flashy. It's kind of neat. They've got oh, yeah. uh, it has LEDs for the surface and for beneath the the table. So mm-hmm. uh, for those of you that are listening at home, think about uh, creating a modular. It's it's essentially six uh, squares of plastic that you plug together to create another a, a table that you then stand on top of the table that you've already got. So you've got about a good six inches of space between your actual table surface and this additional surface where you can have drinks and papers and stuff like that. And all of your maps, minis and terrain stuff is elevated above. So it's a little bit easier to see maneuver, manipulate and all that good stuff. The, the difference with this one, again, is like all the little tchotchkes that you can get for it. And the LEDs are on the top and on the bottom. So uh, if you, uh, if you've got all of your paperwork and stuff down there, then you can light up all your paperwork to make it uh, like character sheets and, and mm. uh, reference tables and stuff like that. They've also got a, a lip around the, the surface of it. So if you want to roll your dice on top of it, they don't roll off. Uh, they've got little uh, arms for, like I said, cup holders for phone holders. They got, uh, they've got a battery accessible bit so whenever you run mm. your if you want to go to a convention or something like that or you go to a buddy's house you don't well, really more than anything else you don't have to plug this thing into a wall outlet you can just plug it in directly there and mm-hmm. and rocks and rolls mm. the thing that you're going to end up having to contend with the most of this it's cool wouldn't it be great to have something like this and have all the little bells and whistles associated to it the only problem is it's going to run you about i think it's a hundred bucks for the led version and 83 dollars for the non-led version so uh, and that is considerably more expensive than the than the level up was. I think the level up was like fifty five yeah. bucks. Still or though, like, that maybe. like if you don't have a gaming table, I think this is a good this is a good mm-hmm. like half half step towards that. Um, yep. Toss this on top of your kitchen table. Get that additional real estate that you're looking for. Yeah, you can you can even another thing that I, I thought about doing with it is making your terrain uh, three dimensional. Right, yeah. quote unquote, three dimensional. So you can have you can layer things like dungeon below, terrain on top, and when you're done with the stuff on the top, you take that yeah. little table off, and then all, all your uh, dwarven forge minis or whatever are below that too. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I checked this out um, uh, when it first popped up, and I was like, yeah, it's really cool. And then as I got to looking at it, um, it's still cool, but these things really kind of make me nervous. Because on the under, underneath where you're putting the legs and stuff, it's just basically Lego. Mm. So there's no, I mean, yeah, if, I understand. If, you, if you, you just you're plugging it in, you're not actually screwing anything or bolting anything in. Yeah, like you do with a level up. You jostle it just right, and you know a leg could fall off. Yeah. The the fact that the cup holders are are plugging in Lego style underneath. The ledge scares the crap out of me. I would like even, to see how that works. Yeah, because it even Cause says, that, yeah, it yeah. even says on there that, that these there's there's a weight limit to these things. So you, that means if you have a big hefty glass full of whatever and you set it in that thing, you bump it, it drops, and now you've got a bigger mess than if your glass just tipped over. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so I think it's a cool idea for me. It's not quite there yet because I, I love the idea of how they have those little add on cup holders and, 
in mm. pieces and phone holders and all that stuff for all the different types of game. That is great. But, man, I don't trust people <laughs> playing games around the table. You know, you're going to, they're going to. One thing that I'll note just as a, as a counter, not that I disagree with you really at all, but one thing that I'll note as a counter um, is uh, this is like their fourth adapt table top table kickstarter Mm -hmm. and they've been improving it with every iteration and adding accessories and things so i would say i'll say that from like looking at this versus looking at what i've already got i'm satisfied with what i've already got with a level up if i if someone either gave this to me or if it was like at a if i could get it for like 75 bucks maybe I would swap it out for the one that I've already got, but I've already got the, the level ups. Actually, the the legs screw in, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's super stable. But there's nothing else that you're attaching to the sides other than clamps for making. If you have like a rollout map that needs to lay flat, yeah. they got some clamps that came with it so that it'll lay down. But otherwise, it's the footprint's really low. It's really light. It uh, it's easy to put together. It's pretty much all I really need at this point. But if you're if you're in the market and trying to find something, I could see where this would be. And the temptation is yeah. going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea. I just, I don't like the idea of stuff clipping to the bottom. Mm. You know, any, any downward bump is potential. Yeah. If yeah. there was something, if there's like a, 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 an inner ledge on the bottom that you kind of pulled it, you know, and hooked so mm-hmm. that it had that you push down and it just pushes up into the table, something like that. Maybe mm-hmm. it just makes I'm not saying it's a bad product. It just makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. Just makes well, me nervous. all right. Uh, well, that was uh, that was good. We rambled through a bunch of uh, kickstarters, and it only took us an hour. Uh, kudos to you, fellows, for rolling through that many in that speed. We uh, are going to call this episode, I believe, here at the end. Encourage you to share your own projects with us on our Discord page. Uh, projects that you are backing, projects that you are creating yourself. We'd love to see them. Uh, you can find a link down in the show notes. Uh, Troy, John, is there anything else we should tell these fine people before we let them go? Uh, I don't think so. Nope, I'm good. Play great games, everybody. Stay safe. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.